0: So, thanks everyone for joining us. We're going to go ahead and get started. All right. So, I'm Nicole Chatterson. I'm the executive director of Zero Waste Oahu. Uh, we're a collective of a bunch of different organizations, including Surfrider, Kukou Hawaii Foundation, Sustainable Coastlines, uh, Sierra Club. And we started to help drive this conversation around how we can build a waste free future for Hawaii or rather rebuild a waste free future because we've done it before and we know we can do it again. Uh, So today is all about Ordinance 1930, formerly known as Bill 40 and uh, we have a series of speakers lined up to help us all understand the ins and outs of the bill um, or the ordinance and how that's going to take effect. Uh, there's a scaled timeline so we'll learn a lot about that and uh, we're also going to hear some tips from restaurants that have already been uh, working on getting single-use plastics out of their service and we will also get some tips on how you can save money while implementing bill 40. Um, so our speakers today are going to be Henry Gabriel from the City and County of Honolulu Department of Environmental Services, who knows it all about Bill 40. We're really happy you're here today, Henry. Uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit about the buy request only clause and why that's such an exciting piece of the ordinance. Uh, Michelle Ching from Farm to Barn Cafe is sharing her time with us today to talk about using plastic alternatives and reusables in her business. And then John Elkger from Sustainable Island Products is gonna give us the rundown on what exists out there. There's a lot of misinformation about limitations around uh, plastic alternatives. So John's gonna help us us sift through that misinformation and learn what, what is out there. Next slide, there we go. Okay, so a couple housekeeping notes. Uh, we are hoping to record this I think DuRay is about to get that going right now um, Or perhaps I have to record it because i'm the host so i'm pressing record if, for any reason uh, you're uncomfortable with being recorded feel free to put your uh, video off and we will also make sure that the speaker is the only one spotlighted in the videos. Um, So the goal is to share this with other folks who were not able to be here today. Oh, it already says recording. Great. Thank you. Um, In terms of questions, we want, the point of this is to get your questions answered. And we have two formats for doing that. So we hope to have a little bit of time after each speaker for a few questions to be answered. Some of you have already sent questions in. So I'll be curating those and uh, asking them to the speaker. Feel free to also put your questions in the chat box. We have Natalie from Ocean Friendly Restaurants who's going to be monitoring those questions and putting them in a list for me to pick from. Uh, If we did end up getting the Facebook live streaming, Dre is going to be monitoring that and choosing questions from there as well. Any questions we can't answer because we don't have the time, uh, we're committed to sending out answers to in a follow-up email. Um, standard Facebook protocol please keep your mic on mute uh, if um, we end up inviting people to speak in a dialogue at the end we'll we'll set up some protocol for that but otherwise mic on mute and with that uh, we shall get started with our first speaker Henry Gabriel from the City and County of Honolulu, Department of Environmental Services. Let me get Henry spotlighted here. Okay, I think we're good to go.
1: All right, thank you, Nicole, and thank you for inviting me to talk on Ordinance 1930. I, I do wanna uh, get this straight. It's no longer a bill, it's not Bill 40. We know it as Bill 40, but you know here at the City and County of Honolulu, we are gonna either reference it as disposable foodware ordinance or DFWO or ordinance 1930. Uh, Once again, my name is Henry Gabriel. I'm with the city and county of Honolulu, Department of Environmental Services Refuse Division. I'm the recycling branch program chief. Um, And so so yeah, next slide, please. So the overview of the DFWO, and as, as we all know, it started off as Bill 40, signed into law in December of 2019, and now it's being called Ordinance 1930, DFWO, uh, as we call it. The intent of this ordinance is, is all of the above that you read in that bullet, protect human safety, welfare, and to improve environmental quality. Here on the waste side, we are also looking at trying to minimize, generate less waste. So we view this as our way of, as, of minimizing or generating less waste. This ordinance affects all food vendors and businesses operating within the city and county of Honolulu. This last bullet, I know it looks out of place, but please write down this email address, write down this phone number. I will be giving you my email and my direct line at the very end of this presentation. But write down, this will be our communication with all of you. Uh, We prefer an email, but you can call. Uh, We will respond and we will try and help you uh, uh, comply with this ordinance. Next slide. So what is effective January 1st 2021. So what we're hearing is, you know, the service but there are two there, there is the plastic bag ban ordinance that we cannot forget it's in the ordinance. So it's chapter nine. And what it does it redefines plastic checkout bag and plastic film bag. Now the the exemptions to these two types of terms or these bags have changed as well. So I recommend all of you in the business, food, uh, the food vendors, to look at the exemptions. Exemptions A, B, and C I'd like to highlight, but um, it's it, read it in the ordinance. These are the ones that People are asking about. And it really, when you when I say the term handless plastic bag, you'll see that in the exemption. So please read those those three A, B, and C in the the DFWO. Those are relate to the plastic bag ban. Now back to the DFWO and the serviceware. The The serviceware is what, and that's chapter 41. That goes into effect January 1st, 2021. There are some other you know, issues with um, city-sponsored events, and we'll get into that. But basically, it's the serviceware that is effective January 1st, 2021. Uh, next slide, please. So, food vendors may only distribute disposable serviceware for prepared food or beverages. So these are these two bullet points. These this is what's effective. January 1st, 2021. So as you see in the first bullet, it's really kind of guided, geared, directed to disposable serviceware. Now, these next two bullets under that first bullet, you have an upon request or, or a response of a of a affirmative response of a customer. So upon request, that is in a, a customer asking for. Serviceware, and and keep in mind, all of these servicewares are the compliant products, um, so they can ask a customer can come in and they can ask for serviceware, or affirmative response. An employee of that establishment can ask, and then uh, the customer say, yes, I would like, you know, so a fork. Or something like that there's also they can these food establishments or food vendors can put it in a self-service area or a dispenser but just keep in mind and I can't stress this enough it, it, it is compliant products that these businesses will be providing so the next bullet, and this is what I was alluding to that any city facility city authorized concession city sponsored or permitted event not only do they have to comply with the service wear, they have to comply and these are the food vendors or the businesses they have to comply with the polystyrene fo- foam foodware this portion of this um this uh, this bullet of this um uh part of the ordinance for the rest of the businesses they don't have to comply until january 1st 2022 but for any city sponsored event any permitted event um, they have to uh, make sure they're utilizing a compliant product. That's you know that's uh, an alternative to foam foodware. So I, I really want to stress that because we're you know I haven't we haven't really talked about any city-sponsored events. So um, highly recommend those businesses that are are doing business with the city to read the ordinance as well. And that's going to be effective January first, twenty twenty-one. Um, next slide, please. So effective January 1st, 2022. This is geared more towards those businesses that are distributors, suppliers, manufacturers, and that really is covered in bullet number two. So no business shall sell polystyrene foam foodware, disposable plastic serviceware, or disposable plastic foodware. Now, bullet number one no food vendor shall sell serve or or provide prepared food in polystyrene fo- foam foodware or disposable plastic f- uh, foodware to customers. that's the general um, rule of the polystyrene the, fo- the foam foodware so now when we're talking about 2022 now we're focusing we're directing all of our you know energy in the polystyrene the foam foodware um, next slide so we at the city we we started putting together an educational campaign back in September and all of what you see as bullet points here we've completed and I, I, and I won't go through you can read the list yourself um, we will be doing a radio PSA hopefully in December we'll get to that but your posters your web page your waistline uh, newsletter, we have a newsletter, I highly recommend you um, subscribe to that. Uh, we did an article on that. Uh, we've, we've contacted other associations, we've done other webinars, social media, we're gonna push hard on that. Um, and then we're also looking at translating some of the material so that way these, um, you know uh, to these other languages so they, they can teach their employees as well about the ordinance. But I highly recommend you go to the website opala.org you you look at disposable foodware ordinance it provides all of these things for your business whether it be to educate the public to educate your employees it is all there and I I can't we can't stress this enough to go there and you know download all of what you want to know about this this ordinance Uh, next slide please so this is the uh, this is the informational mailer that we sent out to uh, businesses, also some of the posters that we have on our website um, and you can download this, put it up on your wall, put it up on your, you know, facing the employees, facing the customers. Um, and it's pretty, it, you know, it's, it's thorough, it's accurate. I um, mean, it gives you a, a, a sense of really what we are looking for when we are going to be doing these inspections. Um, and what we are looking for, you know, as far as, you know, what's effective January 1st, 2021, 2022, uh, the difference between serviceware and disposable plastic serviceware, it provides all of this information. Next slide, please. So this is another poster that we did um, in-house. We did all of these things in-house. And like I said, I highly recommend you download all of these, um, you know, materials and utilize them. Um, it's there it's 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 there for all of you to use Uh, next slide so what uh, what is happening right now currently is this you know we're starting to gear up for the exemptions Um, you know companies right now they can't apply for any exemptions what basically what we have to do is we have to uh, have the have our admin rules finalized first before anyone can apply for an exemption But these are the reasons to apply situations with no reasonable alternatives available significant hardship and an industry exemption. These forms these exemption forms uh, application will be on our website December early December uh, 2020 this would allow businesses to and there's going to be some guidance there's going to be kind of an instruction um, pamphlet as well this will be available this early December and then at that time you'll be able to uh, fill out provide all the uh, you know information justifying your reason for exemption and then you submit it and then it'll be available at envhonolulu.org as well so it'll be on two websites you've got opala.org the dfwo website and then you got envhonolulu.org next slide please so this is so when i was talking about the administrative rules the draft administrative rules we originally had this scheduled for october 20th and things happen you know we had some it issues Uh, and we have to reschedule it and now it's you know it's going to be on november 30th i highly recommend all of you to go to envhonolulu.org, provide testimony uh, on the draft administrative rules only view them read it Um, and then once we obtain all the testimony as if there's no significant changes we will begin the process to record with the city Um, that's why we're opening it up to um, that 30 day from around early December to the effective date where that's when we're gonna open up for businesses to apply for an exemption we just have to have the admin rules in place Next slide. And, and that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot more to this ordinance and it, we're learning every day that, you know, people are finding ways and in, in, in reading the ordinance in, in ways that we haven't, we don't read it. Um, so we're learning on that. But I did, you know, as mentioned, I did want to, I do want to provide my direct email and that's h gabriel so h g a b r i e l at honolulu.gov and this is a direct phone number so you can call me and i'll be the guy on the other side of the phone 768-3427. so now you have no excuse if you have if you need clarification you've got our business email address you've got our uh, phone number the 768-3200 I think it was option six you have my my direct line and you also have my direct email so if you need clarification if you're just kind of curious about you know the law itself you know please call call email me um, call our business line and, uh, and we'll answer your questions and we'll respond accordingly and thank you thank you for your time
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Henry. Um, we're, we're going to go ahead and save questions until the end, uh, just because we're running a little tight on time. Okay. And, uh, but we have some great ones coming in. So I look forward to getting to those. Uh, this next section is uh, something Zero Waste Wahoo put together to talk specifically about the buy request only clause that Henry discussed uh, will be coming into play in 2021. Henry, I'm gonna do my best to say ordinance 1930. I'm still stuck on bill 40. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the buy request only clause as well as how reusables are gonna be playing a role in the future. So one thing we've been seeing a lot in the media is is are conversations around the difference in price. So I spent time researching yesterday and on average, and I'm not speaking on behalf of any of our distributors here, but from a Google search, about three cents each for plastic silverware, six cents each for non-plastic alternatives. And so if you think about this in one way, next slide, please. It appears as if you're going to be just doubling your costs because the utensils might be twice as expensive. So I did some rough numbers for a restaurant that serves 500 plates per day. Say they have one day a week off plus holidays. Um, You know, maybe they were spending between four and nine grand before giving away plastic utensils. And there's potential to spend between nine and 18 grand now. And and how could that be something we would want to do during a time of COVID? And that's where it becomes really, really important to understand what buy request only does because it builds in a huge cost savings opportunities for the restaurants. And it also empowers uh, the customers to ask for what they want and bring their own. Next slide, please. So we don't ever have to get up close to $18,000 a year um, for this imagine 500-plated restaurant. Next slide. So if I can't use cheap plastic as a restaurant owner, what is the mechanism for saving money? You Give away less utensils, straws, and condiments. And this is, this is happening all over the United States. It's happening right here in Hawaii already. Uh, it's happening internationally. And what businesses see when they implement by request only is that oftentimes customers don't want the extra trinkets they're getting or they don't need them. And when given the option, they say, restaurant, please save your money, we appreciate it, but now we have utensils at home. Um, so if you give away half as many of your compostable utens- utensils, you're back at the same price point you were uh, in giving away the cheaper single-use plastic utensils. And I'm and focusing on the cost perspective, I'm leaving out the environmental and social benefits of the switch here as well. But this is something we've been seeing a lot in the media. And it's really important to understand uh, how powerful this clause is. Uh, Something else we'll touch on briefly as well is how switching to reusables can also help bring down um, perceived costs that may come with, with the ordinance coming into play. So these are screenshots from just a couple of the restaurants that I've patroned lately who have utensils by request. I know um, Kona Brew Co. is doing this, uh, Tane Vegan Izikaya, Zippy's has jumped on board, and the utensils are offered for free, and when customers want them, they can say yes. Uh, I, I called the pig and the lady to mahalo them for for taking initiative, you know, the ordinance has not come into play yet. Nobody's required to do this. And the pig and the lady said they did it because they realized it was a cost savings measure. And they also realized that we're in, we're in new times, next slide. And people are mostly eating food at home. There are less patrons going into restaurants and we're going to be dealing with that situation for the foreseeable future. And so what's happening, next slide, is the very happy person whose socially distanced food order came has a drawer full of utensils from past takeout orders. They have a drawer full of uh, reusable utensils like most of us have in our our homes Uh, and so they don't need a lot of the condiments, the hashi, uh, the spoons that are automatically placed in the bags. And so one of the things Pig and the Lady discussed um, was how that's been saving them quite a bit of money, especially as they're expecting to keep doing a larger amount of takeout. Something else to realize, and, and we don't have the time to get into this fully, nor, uh, you know, I want to have the Department of Health here to get into this fully. Um, There's a lot of misinformation around what is legal and illegal in terms of customers bringing their own. Without going down the rabbit hole, it is legal and safe for customers to bring their own utensil kits, whether that's a bamboo kit you buy or, you know, a fork, spoon, and knife you throw in your purse from your, uh, from your utensil drawer. It's okay to bring those to restaurants. They're not going into the restaurants prep space. Uh, So, it's an easy way to empower your customers when they are dining in um, to to not have to use single use items. Next slide. So, something exciting in the works, uh, you know, that was specifically focusing on the container piece. There are also ways to address the, uh, the utensil piece. There are also ways to address the container piece. And so, Zero Waste O'ahu, in partnership with Kukua, Hawaii Foundation, and Surfrider Foundation uh, is exploring uh, bringing a reusable takeout container program to Honolulu as a way to help restaurants offset costs where they can. The reusable model is not going to work for everyone. We need viable plastic-free single-use alternatives, um, which John will talk to us about in a little bit. But we also have the ability to replace with reusables when we can. So keep your your eyes and ears open for our pilot project, which, get, which is going to be rolling out in Holly Eva uh, early 2021. And the last thing I'll say is check out the resource guide. So Henry walked you through all the fantastic information they've put together. Their team did a lot of, a lot of work on that, and it's been, wonderful. Um, Another, there are also lots of other resources that have been put together by other communities that have also transitioned away from single-use plastics that are interested in using more reusables. So uh, the OFR team in Kakua Hawaii Foundation put together a resource list that includes all of the resource lists we know about uh, for you all to work off of. Um, there are some fantastic studies of how much restaurants Save when they switch to buy request only for utensils, condiments, and straws. So I highly encourage you to check that out. I think Jen just dropped it in the chat box there. Um, all right. And with that, uh, you can stay in touch with us on Instagram or website via email. And I will pass it over now to. Michelle from Farm to Barn Cafe, who's going to share with us a bit about her experience as an early ocean friendly restaurant, somebody who uses a lot of reusables and, and what that's been like. So thank you, Michelle.
2: Thanks, Nicole. I am really excited to be on this webinar today. Um, and yeah, I think that Nicole hit so many great points um, you know, literally, in everything that you just went through. Um, the barn has been open, the cafe has been open for about two years now. So, we've been implementing since we opened using, um, you know, sustainable to go wear. And I actually started a juice business about six years ago, and I've always used um, reusable wear and uh, glass containers, mason jars, bottles. Um, and I've found that it's very, People really uh, have taken to the reusables and, um, you know, some of the ways that I've been able to incentivize our customers, um, you know, back when I started my juice business and now with the cafe, um, you know, is offering, you know, a discount. You know, if people bring back, uh, you know, their juice bottles, you know, they get 50 cents off their next juice when they bring it back. Has to be clean, of course. Um, And then we go through the sanitizing process um, at the cafe and then they get a discount on it. So we have had so many people, um, our local community and then also visitors as well. Um, You know, we'll bring back, you know, one bottle, you know, or maybe even like a case of 12. We just have every single week. We probably have at least one customer bring back an entire case of bottles. So, I think that the community has really taken well to um, uh, reusing and not using as much waste and being a little bit more conscious about that. Um, And one thing that we have literally just done in the last couple of days, um, and I know Nicole touched on this with the pig and the lady in creating an option for people to choose if they want reusable wear um or not reusable where but um to go where and we have it up on our to-go website as well um and we just implemented a new ordering system so it's a really easy process for us as a restaurant to um you know require that the customer ask us if they want to go where and i have to be honest that like we have had a little bit of um flashback on that uh you know sometimes our, we get really busy, and my front of house girls might forget to ask if you know somebody wants utensils, or maybe a customer doesn't see you know the sign that we have on the counter that says, um, "You know to go utensils on by request only." Um, so we've had a little bit of negative feedback. You know, in two years, I think a couple people that have given negative feedback is pretty well. Um, you know, given the fact that we do have a lot of foot traffic through the cafe um so it's been a little bit of a you know transition in making sure that the communication is um you know very straightforward with you know the employee to the customer um you know but on the other hand i feel like as a business we advertise that we are sustainable you know we are very conscious of our water usage we're very conscious of our um you know waste and especially this year, we saw a huge influx in waste when we had to go just to go where we couldn't do dine-in only. And I can tell you that we have, um, I'm not sure what the size is, but we have a huge dumpster that we use as our like big trash dumpster. And we were producing almost two to three times that much when we were just doing to goes. And it was, I mean, I incurred a lot of additional costs with having to, you know, have, uh, you know, Honolulu Waste come and, you know, empty out our dumpster, you know, three times a week instead of just one, um, you know, and we started to incur more costs because we were using triple to like five times the amount of to-go wear. So, um, you know, after we were allowed to let people sit and dine in again, um, costs went down significantly. You know, from just doing takeout to going back to our reusables, and now all of our stuff is in, um, you know, plates and coconut bowls and on small cutting boards. Um, So, one piece of advice that I do have for businesses is that if you can't, if you have the ability to do reusables and you can serve your food, um, you know, in plates or bowls that you can wash and reuse, that is going to be a huge saver. Um, and it's better because you're just not producing as much waste. Um, and I actually had a uh, um, a guy I can't remember what his name is, but he started a company that's based in San uh, San Diego. And I believe they're in partnership with the Surfrider Foundation. and he came to me a few weeks ago and presented me with um, a stainless steel reusable to go container, um, you know, where the customer can purchase the container for 20 or 25 bucks and they take it home with them and then it's like a swap out program so they buy it once they take it home they bring it back um and then they we swap it out with a new one so we'll put all their food in a new to-go container and they take that home and then it's kind of just like this reuse recycle program um which is an incredible idea Um, I think, especially with so many more people wanting to do takeout and really an opportunity to, um, you know, try something different and try something new. Um, And we have really made it a point to advertise to our clients, our clientele, that we are, you know, a a sustainable business. So I think the way that we present ourselves that way, people are, um, you know, not expectant to, uh, you know, pay a really high pri- a high ticket price, um, you know, for our food at the cafe. But they know it's going to be a little bit more because we do source locally. You know, with all of our most of our ingredients, we use all of our, you know, our, our reusables, and then all of our to-goware is all compostable. So I think when you advertise and you communicate that really clear to your customer base, um, you're going to get less. Lashback from your community about like you know maybe you have to up the price on a couple of your items on the menu to accommodate um you know using compostables and we had to do that over the summer um I had to bump my price up on several of our items on the menu but honestly we didn't get any lashback on it and it was really to save the business and making sure that we weren't going over our margins um and I think our customers have really taken well to that but it's been really key to have that really clear path of communication from the business to the customer and you know what the goal was and you know what we're trying to strive for so um we are going to start implementing this stainless steel um to go where where people can take it home and then they can bring it out and swap it for a new one um i haven't seen that done anywhere maybe it is being done on oahu and i think it's such a great idea um i think the company is called import um, and we're going to start with maybe 25 or thirty t- uh, containers and, um, you know, kind of see how it goes from there. So, yeah, if anybody has any questions on how we've like implemented this at the cafe um, or, you know, you want some advice on, you know, how to implement it at your business or you have any questions as a consumer, um, please reach out to me. I'm always at the cafe.
3: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle appreciate it. We have some
2: great
0: questions coming in, uh, particularly around uh, reusables and Department of Health. And so we'll make sure to address that question at the end, because I think it overlaps with uh, with a bunch of the information we're hearing today. Uh, So with that, I'm going to pass it over to John Elkter from Sustainable Island Products, who's going to talk to us about the landscape of compostable products and what is available. We'll pull John
4: up here. Okay. Take it away, John. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Um, today, my name is John Elkier. I'm the CEO of Sustainable Island Products. Um, we're the largest distributor of compostable packaging for the food service industry in the state of Hawaii. Um, cover the entire state, uh, and, including Oahu. Uh, With that, we have some experience in conversion in other um, counties, uh, which I'll share with. Uh, In addition, I will share today, we're going to address some products, some product availability, uh, a little dab on pricing, and a little dab on exemptions. So First, um, compostable products. Um, these products that you see here are all plant-based and made from renewable resources like corn, bagasse, wheat, straw, paper. Uh, it's, it's wonderful that we've got there they're, most of them are made out of agricultural byproducts so it's something that was going to be thrown away and we're still going to use it one more time
3: before we throw it away. Um, what's the
4: difference, right? So recyclable If you take a recyclable plastic food container and you add food or soil to it, it it is not recyclable, it will not be accepted. Biodegradable, what biodegradable means, it's something breaks down naturally, but it takes years. So plastics are still biodegradable, it just takes a few hundred years for it to biodegrade, correct? So compostable means something will break down in twelve weeks, and um, it's in a commercial composting facility, um, and it can also have food waste with it. And what that does is it allow allows us to not have to rinse something out. We just simply throw it in the compostable bin, and it becomes
3: composted. Um,
4: I, I want to address directly. There's been a lot of discussion in industry um, about the availability of these products and um, I've always questioned it because we don't have that issue so with that rather than take my word for it I wanted to go to one of the largest manufacturers on the planet um, and go to the CEO Joe and I asked him to address this and, 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 and so you can hear it from him so what I'd like to do is read this specifically Um, to whom it may concern. My colleagues at Sustainable Island Products have asked uh, for VegWare's perspective on the practicality of a wholesale shift to the use of compostable food service packaging products in Hawaii. For context, VegWare is a market leader in this space and has been at the forefront of developing both compostable products for use in food service, as well as composting programs to enable full zero to landfill solutions. We only manufacture compostables and have built food scrap and compostable packaging collection infrastructure, which now covers 40% of UK postcodes, along with initiatives in a number of the 70 plus countries in which we operate. Sustainable Island Products are our partners in Hawaii. The front of house food service (laughs) disposables market is in total around 720 million in the uk and 8 billion in the us adjusting for population this would give an estimate of between 16 million and 37 million for hawaii depending upon depending on the way in which products are used and deployed alongside reusables these levels do not present any supply issues given current capacity in the industry over the past couple of years there have been some issues with PLA bioplastic supply as a result of the material finding new applications. However, new capacity is coming on that line now along with novel products. And such this does not present a limiting factor. With a little planning, VegWare alone would be able to meet the volume required to service the Hawaiian market. And we are just one company in a growing industry. We are excited by the prospect of Hawaii taking such positive and far-reaching steps in addressing waste management and food service, and our partners at Sustainable Island Products would be glad to support it in any way. Um, I think this puts that to bed. Um, It's obvious that there's plenty of product available, and in fact, we have seen, um, specifically since COVID, Uh, there's a lot of product and the pricing has gone down the manufacturers are looking to drive products out of warehouses there's full warehouses in a lot of places uh, globally so um, and specific to the first part of of uh, ordinance 1930 utensils and straws we have seen price decreases in those as well so um, I mean, I want to go back a little bit to to the slide earlier about re, reusables and six cents versus three cents. Um, we're seeing that our products, um, our utensils, will be down in that three cent range, uh, where it was twenty five percent higher not that long ago. So um, prices are being driven driven down. So that's that, that's my touch on that it, it, and that's really across the board on compulsions. So we can go on. An overview of the products, uh, the versatility and breadth of line is there not only just for um, January of 2021 but also for January of 2022 and you'll see a wide variety here. Everything from sushi trays but specifically uh, the straws and the utensils. Um, straws, uh, backyard compostable, marine biodegradable, they're made out of PLA in the form of, which is polylactic acid, that's corn plastic, or paper, and in most cases it's paper. And I want to address that straws specifically and utensils specifically, because on the outer islands we did conversions of these well before uh, Bill 40 and ordinance 1930. Uh, we did some very large resorts that went by two request only. They reduced their usage by 60, 70, 80 percent, and granted the straw itself, in this case, was more expensive, let's say a penny and a half a piece. But that's, the usage went down 70 or 80 percent, there was actually a savings to it, as well as they found a marketing edge to it because now you're in today's day, you're marketing towards a customer that is environmentally savvy. So we we're seeing uh, a less usage of straws and utensils. And we're also seeing, and, and when COVID started and we went to all to go, we had many, many customers that did not provide utensils at all and never even told their customers. Uh, and the customers didn't mind they were taking it home they still had utensils Um, so it's uh, our utensil sales have gone down Um, dramatically while some of our other product sales specific segments have gone up so um, specific to straws and utensils i don't see where that's going to be a financial burden as of january 1. go ahead So the utensils in many cases are wood, uh, or in this case TPLA, it's uh, made from uh, 70% non-GMO compostable plastic and 30% talc, and that helps it um, be suitable for food up to 250 degrees Fahrenheit. You'll see here um, the packs, uh, the knife work spoon packs, there's uh, individually wrapped uh, utensils available as well.
3: Uh, wood, of course, uh, bamboo, uh, straws, stir sticks, regular utensils.
4: Um, and this would be for January 1, 2022. Fiber, it's made from ag- agricultural byproducts. It's microwave and freezer safe. It's oven safe, up to 400 degrees Fahrenheit for 30 minutes. And there's no linings in it that are plastic or wax. So that's what makes it compostable. Many, many of the other items, maybe some of the paper items are plastic lined.
3: PLA, this is the clear products.
4: Um, everything from, as you can see down in the bottom right, uh, uh, champagne glass, to to uh, the normal deli containers that we use every day. Uh, they're made f- by, this bioplastic is made by NatureWorks, it's uh, suitable for food up to 120
3: degrees Fahrenheit.
4: Paper. Uh, this the paper, uh, as in most all papers, FSC certified, uh, it's suitable for foods up to two hundred and twenty degrees Fahrenheit and made in a variety of products. It's still one of the best packaging alternatives out there.
3: Um,
4: next. Um, last but not least, I want to um, send a thank you to uh, Henry, Maya, and his crew. They have, um, they have run the gauntlet on this thing. They have gone through a lot of different uh, discussions, I know, and worked very, very hard to put the information together for the, end, the, the consumer and the end user, and that's really where we're at. We need to um, make sure and congratulate Um, Henry and Maya for doing a great job but we are uh, as a responsibility to our customers and the the, the consumer that's consuming these products we need to get that word out to them so they understand what is available why it's available and why it's the right thing for uh, the County of City and County of Honolulu to do and for us to do now In addition to all of these things, I know that there's going to be folks that are looking to do exemptions. I haven't seen the form yet, um, but many of you know Ari who works with us on Oahu. He and I are available to help get through those exemption forms to give any information to restaurants that are looking for an exemption and we'll be happy to provide that information. That's part of being a good citizen in the state of Hawaii and that's what we want to be. So um, please do not hesitate to send me an email, give me a call, and we'll do what we can to help you. Um, Once we fill out the form obviously that's in in Henry's hands but uh, we'll do what we can to help. So, with that, uh,
3: I'll turn it over back to Nicole. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so
0: much, John, and and thank you to the Sustainable Island Products crew for your leadership in in bringing these products to Hawaii. Uh, and that's a great point that I didn't touch on about. How economics work and how the prices of these products um, will continue to change over time as more and more of us get on board uh, with using them. Uh, Something else I wanted to just call attention to before we uh, take a little bit of time for questions is the Ocean Friendly Restaurants Program which is run by the Surfrider Foundation and headed up locally here um, by a wonderful woman Natalie restaurants participating in this program have been by and large doing what ordinance 1930 is asking for years and these restaurants have had a a happy satisfied customer base have been wildly successful Uh, so ocean friendly restaurants is a great resource for those of you that haven't yet made the transition away from single-use plastics and you want to see some local case studies um, Beyond the wonderful information that Michelle shared with us, uh, all of that is there at the Ocean Friendly Restaurants website. Um, okay, so we're going to go into questions, and looking at my questions doc here, uh, we've had some great ones come in, and I think I want to start with the question about, uh, you know, reusables in the times of COVID. The Underlying question I'm seeing is twofold. One, are reusable safe? Are single-use plastics any safer? And what is the Department of Health's and the CDC's stances on these topics? Uh, I have some some perspectives to share on that, but I also wanted to open it up in case um, Henry or any of our other panelists had something they wanted to share on that front. Okay, I'll start us off then. So, I've spent, um, and this is myself and a crew of wonderful people have spent a lot of years digging into our Department of Health policies. And um, there are a couple things that have never actually been sanctioned by the Department of Health that were happening. Uh, and. And they're not happening now, not because of COVID, but also because Department of Health has been doing better education about what their um, current guidelines are. So bringing your own container from home and having it filled in a food truck has actually never been in line with the Hawaii State Department of Health um, and their ordinances, particularly if it is food that is considered to be potentially pathogenic, forgetting the exact language now, but that's basically all food. and that's because there's perceived risk of the customer's container contaminating the back of house. So as long as the container, uh, a container from a customer's home is going into the back of house in any way, shape or form to be filled with food, um, that is, has never been okay in Hawaii. Um, what is okay is a contain, uh, the format Michelle described where Michelle would be giving a clean sanitized container to the customer in exchange for a dirty one, which they will clean and sanitize per DOH standards. That is an acceptable format. Um, The other thing that has been happening and isn't happening now due to COVID, but also because DOH has been uh, disseminating, disseminating more education on this is reusable mugs. So pretty much the only thing that's permitted to go in reusable mugs are water Um, Soda, I believe, but don't quote me on that. I can send the, or the Department of Health rules as a part of the follow-up. Coffee, but not with cream. So all of this is to say that the way Hawaii frames the safety of reusables is far behind um, other places in the world, other places in the United States, and it's something we're working to update. Um, What does currently exist and what is okay, COVID or no COVID, uh, is bringing your own utensils, bringing your own straws, things that don't have to transfer to the back of house are 100% okay for customers to bring in. Reusable containers would have to be sanitized and provided by the establishment um, itself. And the last thing I'll add on there, and it seems like maybe Michelle uh, had something to add, is the CDC, the National Institute of Health, all of the organizations that have been tasked with studying how COVID is transmitted, none of them have said you will be safer off using single-use plastic. Plastic can host the COVID virus for up to five days. It's typically more around three. So using a single using a single-use plastic fork that has been handled by someone else has no less risk than a reusable utensil that's coming out of the back of the house Um, and that's because all washing in hawaii happens uh, via a regulated process uh, where everything is sanitized so with that i'll ping it over to michelle
2: yeah i just wanted to quickly um kind of chime in on this too i think as um i mean hopefully i'm pretty sure that most Restaurants have a method, or you know, when you are a restaurant, like you have to pass, um, you know, you have to have your green card to be operating as a safe, you know, establishment, and sanitization is part of that process. And you go through a washer and sanitize process if you don't have, um, you know, a dishwasher that, uh, you know, sanitizes at very high heat. Um, So, everything that goes through the kitchen that is a reusable item um has to go through a a sanitizing process so um you know to make you feel a little bit more safe um you know there is a uh protocol that restaurants have to follow in um you know in lieu of sanitization so um i can reassure you that we do that at farm to barn (laughs) um and i'm pretty sure that most other restaurants do that as well so yeah
0: that's a great point and Uh, If we think about the length of time as humans, we've been dining in at restaurants um, using reusables and and how we've been okay amidst the multiple um, things we could share with each other. I mean, it goes to show that we've created really rigorous, rigorous cleaning standards that work. Uh, Raphael from Sustainable Coastlines also wanted to point out that you can bring your own reusable container to a sit-down restaurant to put your leftovers into. So that's another permitted thing because the container's not going um, into the back of house. Okay, so some other questions. Will these slides be available? Yes, they will be. Um, a question from Katie at Brew Co. She's definitely interested in the vegware and wondering would these compostable products need to be separated from the regular rubbish, and where is the composting facility? How do we get these items there? John, you wanna take that
1: one?
4: I think that's more a Henry question, isn't it, Henry? Am I correct?
1: That That is correct, and I'll answer it bluntly. There is no composting company on island that is composting those types of products. Uh, um, foodware. Uh, There is one composting company right now and they accept green waste. There was talk of them accepting food waste and other um, types of material but that didn't come to fruition. Uh, The city is looking you know down the line um, at possibly taking food waste and and green waste. Um, Compostable products uh, would be something that we would be looking into as well. But currently there is no composting of that type of material so the the way we look at on the waste side um if you're looking to separate that material then really you should be composting that on site or with 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 someone who is doing that but the city's not doing
3: that
0: thank you um forgot to cancel my spotlight. So I hope you all still got that that was Henry speaking. Uh, in kind of expanding upon that, there are s- several startup initiatives in the works throughout the islands that are working to bring in-vessel composting technology to Hawaii that would help us um, break down those compostable utensils. So, It's been a chicken and the egg conversation. Do we switch to compostables first before we have the full composting system set up and for zero waste O'ahu and and many folks um, that's always been a A resounding yes, because the additional benefits to not using fossil fuel based plastic, even if they end up getting thrown away at the same place for now. Uh, are vast and huge. Getting plastic out of our ecosystems is is a big priority Um, as well as the next step being figuring out how to compost the compostables. Um, And we're working on it. So great question. And I'm going to recognize it's 1033 right now. We started about two minutes late so for anyone else who um, wants to stay on you're welcome to and we'll take one more question from the list we received. We'll send out follow-up questions to anything that didn't get answered along with the presentation, the recording, uh, the contact information of our speakers and all the resource guides we we can muster. All right, so for anyone who's signing off now, mahalo. And I will do one more question here um somebody asked what are we doing to educate the public i think we went over that henry uh discussed all the wonderful things the city and county is doing and there's a lot of other folks who are partnering with the city and county as well to support education um i think this might be our last question here for Henry, does the 15 cent bag fee apply to restaurants? Should they be charging money per bag of any material type?
1: Yes. So, the, and then that was one, that, that was one of the reasons why I highly stress businesses to really look at ordinance 1930 because it does affect restaurants and the plastic bags. So, depending, and I, I you, and we can go over this in, in detail, but depending on the type of bag, Um, the restaurants are using, the food vendors are using, they would have to charge 15 cents. So please look at the ordinance and how it's applicable to 1737. That's 1930 and then 1737.
0: Wonderful, thank you. Okay, well with that we'll we'll call it a day. I'll be on for a little bit in case any